Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Last year, that run that Trevor had against the Brewers, uh, especially in the second half where he was just untouchable against them. And, you know, you, you've probably seen that happen a lot. What is it about a guy sometimes who just is bulletproof against a certain team? And, and how frustrating is it to be on the other side of that? I've seen a little of both. It's a, it's a very good question. Um, what I enjoy watching, when you have the pitcher that has the upper hand in, in a situation like this, is just watching the dugout interaction. Um, and and sometimes, you know, I think Trevor can be the kind of guy at times that you can't wait for your next at bat, and you end up the night 0 for 4, and you're just going, man. Okay, one game. Well, when it happens two, three games, it you know there there can be a little different level of frustration or complexity on how we can't solve this riddle that's going on out there. Um, I can remember having some younger clubs, unfortunately, in Colorado, and during the play interdivision play, and we play the Diamondbacks. You play them eighteen times. We get Schilling five and Johnson five. It just wasn't right. It just wasn't right, and they were both on their games at that time. Um, and it's like you're just hoping for something different. You might try a lineup that's, you know, you play your bench, actually, just to give it a different look because you've played your A lineup against them three times and there's, there's been no, no damage done there and you haven't gotten any traction there. Um, it's special, though, when it happens because he's not adding pitches. He's not coming up with new weapons. And there's enough video and there's enough experience where each hitter knows pretty much what he's going to get the sequencing can change, and I think that's what Trevor's been really professional about in his growth as a pitcher on the mound is paying attention to history, what has worked, when to, when to switch, um, when to make an adjustment, and when just to stay until they show him a reason to, to change. Even more impressive with the fact that, it's, like you say, it's a division guy. It's not like you just see him once in a while. They saw him, what, six, seven? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was around a half dozen. And that's hard. And that's hard at this level, and that's hard for anybody because you figure there'll just be a game or two in there where it doesn't have his A game, and your B game may not be enough. Um, his, uh, whatever he was able to bring was, has been enough. It'll be a new challenge this year. It's a new year, different opportunity. Um, and we're ready to have him on the mound. Clint, do you construct your lineup any differently when you're facing a bullpen game, and if so, how? We actually constructed the lineup last night. Um, we construct most of our lineups a day or two ahead of time. Um, and we just guessed last night um, that Pomeranz could be the guy. He's got some length. He's a starter. And really, if it wasn't Pomeranz today, the same lineup would have been going out there. Uh, we got a couple switch hitters that are going to play. Uh, Frazier was going to get a day off in front of a day off, so Newman's your, your leadoff guy. It, it all was pretty much set in stone. Um, the one time earlier in the year with the Dodgers when we waited to find out when Hudson, I guess, was named starter, uh, we waited a little bit um, just to see if there was any sense to any matchups on who would be available based on who had pitched the day before and maybe limiting themselves by volume of pitches 
number of innings they pitched, and maybe that would help with your construction. I'm curious to see what Pablo can do at second. I know he played down there some in AAA, but seems to have taken a couple games here to, to show you something. Well, yeah, he, he played there. He, he played, I think he played a few games here last year at second. Um, there was a bunch of work done there throughout the time in AAA also. Uh, Brian Esposito and his staff really put together good work programs uh, for the guys. They're case-specific for each guy that goes down, especially the multi-positional uh, uh, guys. Um, you know, sometimes we're not big on them working out at two or three positions in the same day. So, you know, one day could be a second base day where there's 20, 25 minutes just put a focus on second base. Another day could be at third base where you're not just trying to jam it all in one day. Pablo put a lot of prob probably as much work as anywhere is in, in at second base. Um, he still visited the outfield. He still visited third and some shortstop. But second base was a position we wanted to really see if we could just help him with. Um, he had had probably... Uh, the least amount of experience before then at that spot. He played some shortstop, came up as a shortstop, played some third base, played some outfield. So we'll see what he can uh, can bring for us tonight defensively. What's the comfort level with him at shortstop? Shortstop? Well, right now he's, he'll be third in line. Uh, he can go make a play. I think he's the guy that you could put there for a day or two. There could be some challenges with range. His range is what it is. It's not like Gonzalez's. Gonzalez probably has the best range of the three. Newman's very dependable. Um, still with some, some average to above average range that he's shown us. Um, and Pablo would be third in line. Straight range, just a straight range factor. Do you have a plan for the rotation with Agrizol being sent down yesterday? Uh, yeah, we do. For St. Louis, I'm, I'm guessing that you're asking. Yeah. Um, Archer, Musgrove, uh, and Brawl. In that order. When you're in the thick of a run like this, whether it's a losing streak or a winning streak, how much does your game-to-game -game preparation change? How do you stop yourself from maybe overreacting? Like, oh, we're losing. Normally I would do this, but we need to make a change, so we need to do something dramatic. How do you keep yourself from making this kind of decision? <sighs> well, fortunately, unfortunately, I've been through it before. I think last year we went on a 4-20 stretch. Just last year. And I was sharing that with somebody today. That last year it seemed like the worst stretch I'd ever been in. Now this year's the worst stretch I've ever been in. I think whatever current stretch you're in is the worst, the worst one you've ever been in. Um, at times, I, I think you use all your skills or your awareness tools. I mean, you don't want to overreact, but you need to react. Sometimes you need to react. You need to react right on spot. Um, you need to stay creative. I think you need to not fall into traps of, well, there's certain guys we need to play. Well, right now we've played everybody and we're... Four and twenty. So if a guy looks a little tired, he needs to get the day. He needs to rest. Uh, give somebody else a spark or a chance to get involved and get engaged. Um, different op options and opportunities are presenting themselves out of the bullpen. Uh, we've had some inconsistencies there. Um, so I, I think you still your your focus is always to win the game. You set your lineup out to go play. You look at the game to make adjustments or how you you you. Uh, you tactically make decisions as you go along. Um, you hunt the good, uh, and then you don't stick your head in the sand about what didn't go well. And you got to continue to coach. And we had some coaching opportunities come from last night's game as well. You know, run uh, a rundown, a specific of a rundown, and what the responsibilities are. And, and I, when you revisit it with with Elias, 
we've run those rundowns all spring training. You know when you throw the ball, you get out of the lane. Unfortunately, sometimes you don't, and you pay a price. You pay a very significant price. Um, but you revisit them with everybody, and everybody sees it, and everybody can learn from it. So you make a mistake, you admit it, you try not to repeat it. Um, and then there's some good things that we're still hunting um, that, that are going on that you, you can't just shovel them manure. You got to find some stuff, to, some positives to, to hang on to keep fighting because it's not over. Every game does matter, and their performance matters, and their preparation matters uh, for all of us. Even Brault last night after the game was immediately saying, you know, we're not this bad. This stretch makes us look worse than we are. How impressed are you with the guys' ability to continuously focus on those positives? It's what you're looking for out of your players that they have, uh, you know. We talked about it here before, optimism and realism, uh, where it's just not all candy-coated. Uh, there, there's reasons to be optimistic. We've had a hard four weeks, man. We've had a hard four weeks. Uh, and I've shared this with this group. The narrative is completely different now because we've earned it four weeks later than what it was at the break. We're one game under 500, or one game, you know, one, two and a half games out. Um, there's been multiple one-run games, two-run games. We're not able to finish on the other side, um, and that has been challenging. I just believe in the core group of men out there that they understand okay is not good enough. We're fighting to win. We will, Our goal is to win games, um, and when we don't meet the, the demands of the game, you put yourself on the other sides of the game, and that's where we've been more often than not in this stretch. We're not meeting the demands of the game. Regardless of the personnel we're playing against or regardless of the personnel we're putting out there, there's game-tipping moments for us all along the way that a ball in the gap, a home run, a double play, a critical strikeout, you know, things could play to our advantage. We're not getting the other team is. Clint, do you talk to Espo every day? Is not every day. No. every day. I don't talk to anybody, but I don't even talk to anybody every day. <laughs> but my question more was, how have you seen him develop in his role? How have your conversations or just what have you picked up on how he prepares guys to come up here? Maybe what do you appreciate about the, the role? That he oh, has? I appreciate the role, number one. Uh, it's one of the tougher roles in the game, <coughs> managing a triple-A team, just because of the flux. And, and you know, I heard a long time ago, you know, you're going to have 24 players on a triple-A team. There's eight like you, eight don't like you, eight aren't sure. You try and keep all eight away from each other. <laughs> um, well, it's based on what happens to them lately. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. And to find a, a balance with all that, to still coach them, to still encourage them, to still call them if they start feeling sorry for themselves, or I didn't get a fair shake, or this and that, because it's all real and it all happens. Um, I think, Jim, are you still in here? Bound did he leave? But as a general manager, he's aware of that. He saw that. Um, that was his first year last year. So he got to go through that for the first time. Um, who you can depend upon. You know, you look for that leadership group there as well. You get a couple older players, a couple younger players um, that you can depend on, that you can go to uh, to help deliver messages from time to time or help take care of situations internally. Um, sometimes you've got to be the hammer. Sometimes you need a velvet, velvet hammer. Sometimes it's a coach's responsibility. So I've seen the growth over the year, past a year and a half now. Um, plus he gets the opportunity to work DH games, bullpen games, the list of things we do, we do give him a lot of tasks that are outside the normal realm of just managing a game. 
just taking your lineup and managing the game. So-and-so needs to pitch two innings today. So-and-so, we need to plug him in with men on base. So-and-so needs to maybe come in the game late, on a pl- player on rehab. Uh, so there's a lot of different uh, challenges to be met. Uh, he has shown the ability to be a taskmaster, I mean, as far as staying on top of things. Um, developing relationships, I, I think he continues to grow and do that extremely well. Uh, his lens uh, is still fresh on the game. You know, he's a younger guy. Uh, had a few different role opportunities, which I think has shaped him well to manage right now. So it's been fun watching him grow and watching the thing he's been able to do with the club and the challenge that he that they've had this year. Can you share bullpen availability for tonight? I can because if they don't get up, you know, it doesn't mean they're not available. Uh, based on last night's volume of pitches, I'm going to guess that uh, Liriano's been back-to-back days. Um, and correct through 20, mid-20s, so I would say those two probably are the only two that are unavailable. How much do you personally appreciate what Brian Reynolds has done um, being a rookie? The way he's been batting, um, it's very rare for a rookie to be, you know, find himself that high in the, in the National League batting race. Yeah, nobody's talking about him. You know, not many people are talking about him. There's a lot of just more publicized rookies going on right now, and, and some of them are well-earned. There's some good young players in the game, man. Um, and their teams are playing better, so you get more recognition sometimes. You know, that, that's how it all works. Dude. He has very quietly been steadfast and consistent um, in everything he does. And there's a salty side to him as well that you don't see as much. You know, there's times he comes back with his at-bat, with his bat or, or whatever, that th- there's a level of competitive spirit in that's real. And it's not just everything's calm, smooth, and okay. There's times when everything, you know, bats aren't okay. He's, he's shown for me the ability to recover and adjust quickly, which is very uncommon for Rick. And which makes players elite throughout their career is recovery time. You know, when you go into those slumps or you go into pitching, when you're not getting it done, it takes you three or four starts to come out of it. Or for a hitter, it takes you 25, 30 at-bats to come out of it. We haven't seen that from him to this date. Um, doesn't mean it won't happen. And if it does happen, it won't be shocking either because this is a tough league. When you play well here, you don't go up. You stay here till you don't do well and you figure out how to do well again. And right now, his recovery time of figuring out how to do well has been pretty, pretty fun to watch and pretty special. We talked so much yesterday about the decision-making behind it, but do you follow up with Josh on his day off to see what he did, how he's doing, or do you just wait until the time's up and then follow through with him? Oh, I'll have a conversation with him today because he was going to go low yesterday. And you know, the conversation I had is we're not going to overcook it. He knows what he wants to do. He knows the amount of work he wants to do. When you feel good about it, he's going to get out of there. Um, So, yeah, I'll follow up with him at some point. Sure. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.